0: You're listening to Let's Do It (gasps) with Melissa Risso, licensed marriage and family therapist discussing mental health, relationships, and all the good stuff between the sheets. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. The topic of today is stress. Now I know many of you listening right now can definitely relate and say that you have been through some stress yourself. Anyone really can experience stress, whether it's the loss of a recent relative to work stress to even just planning a trip for yourself, everything could be extremely stressful. And I want to read you some statistics to kind of give you an idea of to how important stress really is these days. So according to the American Institute of Stress, or AIS, 44% 44% of Americans feel more stressed than they did five years ago. One in five Americans experience extreme stress, which includes shaking, heart palpitations, and depression. Work stress causes 10% of strokes. Three out of four doctor visits are stress-related ailments. Stress is the basic cause of 60% of all human illness and disease. Stress-related ailments cost the nation 300 yes 300 billion every year in medical bills and lost productivity and stress increases the likelihood someone will have a stroke by 50% risk of heart attack by 25% and 40% risk for heart disease So just from these statistics, you can tell it's important that we start to address how we can create healthy ways in our lives to not become so stressful. We have so many things going on, and today's guest I am very excited to present, given that she's going to give you some tips and tricks or just overall discussion of how we can better our lives and not be so stressful these days. So my guest today is a licensed and marriage family therapist whose career has worked with individuals of every age. She joined the counseling field to help others work towards the life they want to live and aims to make conversations about mental health topics easy to understand and relatable to any audience. She has also been a guest on several news programs and enjoys conversations towards wellness. I would like to welcome Bindu Karana Brown to the show. Thank Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Good job on my name. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I had to take a breather. (laughs) Reading these statistics, I'm just kind of in shock with how relevant it is that all these illnesses and how much stress-related concerns, really. So what would you say is the first thing that people should do
1: if they are feeling stressed? That's a good, I think, starting point for our conversation. Because even listening to the statistics, I didn't realize how bad stress is impacting our society. And it's interesting just to consider stress because we've made it an emotional term. And stress isn't really an emotion. It's not a feeling. But it's become such a common feeling across our world. And now that we're all so united across social media and the internet, the whole world can experience stress almost 24 hours a day. So the first thing we, I think when we want to talk about stress is really what are triggers to stress? What causes us stress? Do we get stressed because of work? Do we get stressed because of traffic? Do we get stressed because the time change? Am I going to be late? I cheated on my diet. I mean, there's so many easy things and stress is almost our go to place now. It almost
0: seems like something that is commonly used in everyday conversations. Mm -hmm. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm so stressed out. And I know I'm guilty of saying (laughs) that too, but I hear it all
1: the time from a lot of my friends and family. Yeah. I mean, people, they say stressed almost as much as they say happy or sad. It's become a new emotion on that little poster chart with the smiley and sad faces. Now there's a little stressed face, probably like clouds and fire coming out of their ears. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think it is, though, that it's so almost
0: common these days that people are stressed out? At least in this area where we're from the San Francisco Bay Area. And so think Silicon Valley. A lot of people that are busy nonstop doing different things and that competition is here as well.
1: And I think the world has gotten to such a multitask mind state. Everybody thinks we have to multitask. I have to be doing this. I have to always be checking email. I mean, our smartphones really have made our world kind of crippled because you get so stressed out. I mean, your phone dings when you're driving, it dings when you're sleeping, it dings when you're going to the bathroom. I mean, every facet of life, there's this reminder that there's something you need to look at or respond to. So one of the biggest, I think, things impacting our stress is that we always feel like we have to be doing something. It's really, really hard for people to just say, okay, I'm going to give myself an hour. For 30 minutes, I'm going to listen to this podcast to manage my stress today, and that can be overwhelming. They might start candy crushing. They might scroll through Facebook a little bit because it's something going on in the way that our world is functioning that just doing one thing or nothing is so frowned upon. Very
0: much. I'm sitting here (laughs) thinking to myself, I am so guilty of that. Yeah. Um, Where it's kind of this ongoing joke with my family. They're like, do you ever just sit still? Can you ever just be? And to be honest, it sounds odd saying this, but I get stressed just thinking about not doing anything. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and that's really common because I think we all have so many things to do. Mm -hmm. So when we sit for like even 10 minutes, it feels selfish. But there's something else I could be working on. I could get this item off my to-do list. I mean, I think to-do lists are one of the worst things that's probably happened to us because it gives us this long reminder that never ends. There's always something new to add to the to-do list. (laughs) It's always, there's
0: always something to do, whether you as a parent, you know, a a job, whatever it may be, there's always something to be done. But when do you really just stop and be and enjoy the
1: here and now? Yeah, and I think that's like the big thing people try to push all these gurus, right? Be current, be present. But that's a really hard concept to not think about what's happened before, think about what do we have upcoming, but really what's happening right now today. In my body, in my life, that if I don't respond to that text message for five minutes, like, is it really gonna be the end of the world? But the way our world is now, it feels like it. Mm-hmm. It feels like if you don't respond to that work email on Sunday at 8:30 at night, somebody else is going to, and they're gonna get the upper hand at work. Or if you don't respond to this group discussion, the teacher is gonna think that my stu- this other student's better than me, and then they won't help me get a job in the future. We're planning so many steps ahead because we have to. But so much pressure. So much pressure. I mean, if you think of these teenagers now, you know, they have a 4.0 GPA and they're upset. That's a low GPA now. And I remember 4.0 was a cap when I was in school. Mm, I agree. And now it's like, oh, I have a 4.5 and I'm still behind. I'm like, are these numbers still in school? And I see it all the time because I'm
0: actually a college counselor too. And I can't tell you how many people come into my office so worried about, am I going to get into college, I have a 4.3, I've taken all these AP courses, yep. I'm volunteering, I'm doing this, 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 and that, and it's never good enough. So yeah. when are people are going to feel
1: good enough? Right. And even the way our generation is evolving now, we have these kids and so many activities. So your average four-year-old now is probably going to preschool, and then they probably are going to like soccer, or basketball, or some kind of physical activity afterwards. Maybe there's scheduled play dates. Maybe there's, you know, scheduled family things. So the kids' schedule is becoming so packed and hectic. This is what they're accustomed to now. Mm -hmm. So in about 10 years, that fast-paced kind of go, go, go that leads to all those statistics at the beginning are going to be commonplace. It's not even going to feel like it's a weird thing. Whereas a little bit, you know, generation or two up, I think we still can realize, like, wait a minute, this isn't how it used to be. It's funny because the
0: other day I was sitting down just thinking to myself, I remember when I'd just go for a hike, I'd go outside, just have a nice weekend off to myself and had yeah. nothing to do. And if you saw my schedule these days, <laughs> I, I, oh my gosh, I think it would give a lot of people a headache. But And I'm not complaining per se, but it's just what happened to really slowing down and appreciating what you have in life and yeah. not saying that people don't if you're busy, mm-hmm. but how do you really
1: just stop and be? You know, I think one of the problems with it is that the word selfish got a really negative tone to it. So if somebody says, I'm going to be selfish and only worry about my, I'm going to go take a hike for an hour. I'm leaving my phone in the car. I'm not responding to anything. That feels selfish. It feels like you're letting somebody down because of this inherent pressure that's the one causing us the stress that often is internal. Most of the time, 90% of the time that stress people have is stress and pressure they put on themselves. Those kids, you probably have been trying to be a counselor with them and say, don't worry, you're going to be fine. But there's this internal pressure. To succeed and compete, and I have to do better as children, as adults, as the next generation, be the better parent, be the better chaperone, whatever. So, we're putting ourselves in such a position that these statistics are going to keep increasing, unfortunately. And that is so
0: scary to hear. Yeah. And I just wonder what kind of society we're creating as a whole and what kind of new illnesses, what new things we're going to be seeing mm-hmm. in general, basically, with new generations coming up around stress.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's even, they redid our whole diagnostic and statistic manual, which is like the go-to book for any kind of, the Bible, right? They want to preclude people who aren't religious listening. (laughs) But yes, it's it's the Bible for mental health professionals is, you know, what's going on with people. And the new version of it, you literally can diagnose anybody. There's so much going on that is being deemed abnormal now, but that's our new normal, Our new normal is not you go to school and then you maybe have a snack and then you kind of watch some cartoons and you go play with your friend. That's not normal anymore. Now it's you go, you do extra classes, you go here, you go to this extracurricular, you volunteer, you go, I mean, it's X, Y, Z, A. I mean, it just repeats and repeats and repeats. And so what's happening is across the world, we all are having a hard time. Just stepping back and saying, okay, let me take away this pressure. Because even if one individual does it, the larger society isn't. And it's interesting because if you think about how this pressure of news comes to us, when 9-11 happened is when they first started doing the kind of the bottom feed on the news. So, you know, you'll have your main news article and now there's yes. that running thing. Mm-hmm. That started after 9-11 because people were so insistent, I want to know what happened. I want to know what happened. So now you can watch ESPN and you have people talking, you have stuff on the bottom, you have stuff on the side, you have stuff upcoming on the other side. I mean, the ability to get information now, how fast do we want to get information these days is stressful. You don't want to be the last to know. But it's that constant
0: pressure now. Yeah. And again, what we're kind of discussing is where did it all come from? Yeah. Why now? Why is it so important that we have to complete these tasks? Yeah. Why do we have to stay so busy and be almost the best of the best these days? Otherwise, we won't survive. Is kind of that attitude.
1: Yeah. And if you think about our society, our society is having so many more people. And now you're not just competing with your other people in your local area. You're competing with the world. There's 1,000,000 people you're competing with now for everything. I mean, if you think about something as simple as eBay, you want to win some... Beanie Baby. My sisters so Beanie Babies. We'll go back to Beanie Baby days. (laughs) So you want to get this, you're standing in line fighting people to get this lone Beanie Baby. And then people all the world over fight to win this this teddy bear with this little stupid red heart tag on its (laughs) ear. And that makes a worldwide fight, right? Mm -hmm. But something that simple is kind of what's happening if you think about it in a larger context is that we're always trying to fight to stay ahead. Because our resources are running, jobs are running out, housing is running out. I mean, especially, you know, here in Northern especially California. in the Bay Area. Yeah, the Bay Area is madness. So it's always this competing thing. I don't know that there's a great, like, why did it happen? But I think the way our society evolved is there's so much competitiveness. And it's this very, you have to do the best to survive. You have to keep pushing forward and separate from the pack because the pack's so big.
0: Now, I know some people listening are probably thinking, well, easier said than done. I need right. to put food on my family's plate. Right. I need a roof over my head. So, yeah, I'm going to have to work those 40 plus hours you know, in a certain amount of days or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. How am I supposed to take care of myself when I have so much I need to take care of?
1: Yeah. So one easy way that I think we all know is just even the food we eat can impact our stress levels. You know, just drink, replacing one cup of coffee, which I'm a coffee drinker, I will admit that, but replacing some coffee with water, even one or two days a week, it can actually change the way your body is moving because of the caffeine kick you get, the sugar kick, you go up, you start going down, then you keep trying to fight your way back up, let me have a cookie, let me have a brownie, let me have this. So one really easy way to manage your stress is really like look at your diet, because that's that's not going to impact you doing your work. It's not going back to getting food on the table for your kids, right? It's just kind of replacing what fuel are you giving your body? Are you giving it regular or are you giving it premium gas? You know, what do you feel Good like example. you deserve, right? <laughs> Thanks. And
0: and I always hear people bring up the food thing because some people are emotional eaters, so when yeah. they're stressed, they'll turn to food. But then the other topic I've often heard is food is expensive, especially the healthy items. Yes. So how am I supposed to afford those healthy foods when I'm barely making rent or pay as is so easier said than done once again I'm just thinking to myself what I've commonly heard from people
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know I think any little thing helps so if you can even switch from coffee to water one day if you can switch from coke to diet coke or chips to baked chips the prices are kind of insignificant Sometimes, yes. like, it's going to be really hard to switch to, you know, a vegan diet or a gluten-free diet. That can be really expensive. But if you make little minor switches in your life, that can have a huge impact, at least when it comes to food.
0: But especially eating healthy, if you can't afford yeah. it and can do it and have that mindset to try,
1: yeah. it
0: makes such a world of a difference. And I've read so much around that where really, yeah. if you're eating all these sugars and whatnot, as you've just said, it's mm-hmm. not going to make you feel great about yourself yeah. emotionally too, so it can really impact your stress level It's even more yeah. than what you thought would be helpful originally if you are an emotional eater.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't realize how much food can impact your mood and your emotions because even a glass of milk there's vitamin D in there I mean now it's a time of year where the sun's out so you can get some more vitamin D that way naturally and so there's so much that our body the way it's wired if we adjust what going into it we can have a better output and then if you're feeling more energized then you can get through some of your tasks and then sometimes that can help your stress because you're not feeling so behind and yet you're always racing to the finish line. You're actually at a good sprint, and you can make it at the end. Are there any other kind of items that you would suggest that
0: people try for stress reduction?
1: Yeah, I know there's
0: plenty out there. <laughs> so so I'm many. To see your opinion.
1: Um, so I'm a huge proponent of exercise, but I'm not like like I'm not a jogger. Like I drive down the street, and these people jogging look so happy, and that's amazing. That's not me. Like that does nothing for me. I love yoga. I think yoga is good for me you know I'm, I'm a therapist by trade so my job is talking so for me a de-stress is not talking to not talk for an hour <laughs> sounds yes. amazing yes. <laughs> and just worry about my little mat my little world so exercise is always a great one even yoga whatever costs a lot of money so go hike and a hike is really just a walk
0: <laughs> I'm a strong believer in exercise given yeah. that's my kind of my self-care tool so i always go boxing and jogging i have to exercise or i go
1: insane to say the least and even if you like you can't fit it in right your life is so stressed i can't fit in an hour for a class take the stairs two three days a week if you're taking an elevator anywhere take the stairs or park a little further back in that parking lot when you're going to target or whatever just those added steps can make a difference
0: But see, given I know I will get stressed if I don't exercise, Mm -hmm. I make the time. I make sure that I schedule it in. Granted, I'm getting up at 4.30 in the morning and I'm tired by the end of the day, but I feel so energized throughout the day if I'm exercising early in the morning. For some people, if you exercise at night, whatever it may be, it doesn't need to be two hours, three hours, you know, an hour. Even just 10 minutes when if you stand at your desk or doing some squats or whatever you Mm -hmm. can find to do. Like I've seen some people use their babies for lifting. I was like, you can find ways to exercise, but it's really finding the motivation to help with your stress and even getting to that point to try.
1: Yeah, because if you think about it, with good exercise, your heart is pumping. And all these statistics you talk about at the beginning, you see issues with your heart. So your heart is getting congested with bad foods often. I mean, if you think of like your visual of a really stressed person, generic businessman eating burgers and coffee and maybe smoking cigarettes on their breaks and just always stressed and working 10, 12 hours a day, like that's your average working person. And so if that same person had a salad instead of that burger... I took that walk downstairs to take a cigarette but didn't have the cigarette, just took the walk downstairs and took the stairs, not the elevator, and back up. It would be the same routine but really slight adjustments, and that can get his heart pumping. That might help with kind of coming out, and that can manage some of those symptoms greatly not have these bad outcomes. Yes.
0: So eating, exercise, made some suggestions for exercise. Anything else that you'd add to the list?
1: So I have a cat. I think pets are amazing self-care. I mean, not for everybody, but just that having something to take care of sometimes, even if it's a fish, get a goldfish. There's like 10 cents, I think five cents, get a fish, some kind of pet, something that you can come and doesn't ask anything of you. Only deadline they're going to have is if you have a dog, walk me. If you have a cat, you know, love me until I don't want to be loved anymore. they make it really easy for you.
0: (laughs) You know, funny (laughs) enough, I read this article recently that the purring of a cat increases people's endorphins. I forget the percentage, but it's. Drastic, so I've just having that, that mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. And I know for me too, you're touching upon all these things. I love. <laughs> I am obsessed with my pets, and I love them. And it's so comforting just to sit with them, and yep. they're not telling you, "Hey, you have to go to this appointment at yep. eight. hey Why didn't you do the dishes?" They're just there. And granted, sometimes it could be little brats. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, but yeah, love. I hope you love them. But I love my animals. But it's a great tool to have. And then another thing I also read too by just having something to take care of, yeah. you actually live a lot longer. They did some research around that for retirement homes, too, people taking care of plants, something oh. they lived, what I think it was three years longer, too.
1: Interesting.
0: I could see that. So that's another tidbit for
1: stress. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> plant. Why not? Plants are pets, I guess. But finding, you talk to them.
0: Yeah, but I think finding a hobby too—not yes. only pets, but to throw another one in there. Hobbies, something that you enjoy, not necessarily doing it with a partner or friends. Just something on your own too, if you like. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean hold back with your partner or your friends like it or family. Yeah.
1: And you know, even on that same um, grain, don't minimize your social relationships. I think it's very easy for us to get in this habit where we kind of push friends away. Why well, don't have time to go to dinner on a Tuesday night anymore? I'm going to text instead of calling. Just five-minute phone call can make a big difference to reach out and talk to somebody, especially if you're getting really stressed out about work. Somebody outside that work environment can just be nice to have a conversation about whatever, gossip about celebrities, you know what I mean? Like Anything just to kind of get your mind in a different place, and that can help your brain reset.
0: And that comes up quite often in my mm-hmm. own personal life where I'll try to reach out to friends. And I, again, I'm guilty of this too, mm-hmm. where let's hang out Friday night. Oh, I can't. I'm so tired. I've had such a busy week. I get it. But when you ask every Friday night or every weekend and you hear the same kind of thing, you start to kind of ask, you know, where's this friendship going? Yep. And that can create stress within A school. of <laughs> stress. You know, those friendships and even family, being mm-hmm. around people that you do cherish and love and enjoy being around can really make a difference. And oftentimes when I work with people where they are extremely stressed or depressed, they kind of isolate themselves from really going out. And
1: that's the last thing that you want to do. Yeah. Or you get in the cycle where even when you're with your friends, all you can talk about is that stressor. All you can talk about is work. All you can talk about is your kids. You know, whatever it is that's causing you stress 20 other hours a day, you spend the one hour you have to do something else talking about as well and rehashing it. And when we rehash these things, it just keeps our brain in that hyperactive state and so you just re-stress yourself out by talking about all the stress. And then you're like, why am I spending time talking about it when I could be doing something about it? And then you get mad at yourself and then you get more stressed. And it's this vicious cycle that's so easy to get into. So easy. Very much. <laughs> I'm just thinking. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. I've been there, done
1: that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think the biggest thing that I think can be a good deterrent to stress is really just carving out a good night's sleep. Even six hours often can be enough. I mean, I think they really recommend like seven eight. But if you can get six hours of steady, good sleep, you will have just benefit after benefit after benefit. Our brain needs that shutdown. Even if you don't want it to shut down the rest of the days you're awake, those other 18 hours, your brain needs to stop. Like it's such a hectic muscle and all the things it's able to do. And so the sleep really allows it to de-stress itself. It's like a mechanical, basic thing that it does for itself.
0: I'm thinking of a client that recently came in and person stated that they only get three hours of sleep because they're just so used to it at this point. They have too much work to do. Yep. They don't have enough time. And so they just can't sacrifice any more sleep mm-hmm. or they can't give any more to sleep. And I wonder how many people out there that's really happening to them. Yeah.
1: And at the end of the day, is that really – is that what you're going to look back on in 20 years and remember – I think it's easy to say that right like what do you want to remember from whatever age group you're in all the work you did the late nights at the office the fun times the times with your family like what is really the kind of the valuable moments to you and is it going to be that you slept three hours to finish this deadline 10 minutes early or is it going to be that you slept five hours and you were in a better space just emotionally just in terms of your engagement at work your ability to function at work that sleep can really put you leaps in a head just because your brain is more crisp. It's more rested.
0: And again, I always go to, you know, what are the listeners maybe thinking here? And I, I know there are people out there. Well, yeah, I'm listening to this podcast. I wish that were the case. But <laughs> I ha- again, I have to pay bills. Yep. I am struggling at this point. I have to make sure I have a job and that I can support my family or All those different things, those I have to, I Mm -hmm. have to, I have to. And again, that pressure. Mm -hmm. And I always hear that. Anything that you would recommend to someone that has so much pressure on themselves, besides all these lists of things that they can try to do, what about mentally anything that they should start
1: shifting? Because, yeah, we are are singing a good song, right? Like, this is what you should do. But it's not probably feasible. It takes a lot of life changes to get. And we're two therapists, you know, so it sounds good from us. You know, one thing I would do is just tell people, if you want to try to adjust your stress level, just give yourself five seconds to take a deep breath. Before you respond to that email, before you hit submit on that paper, just take a deep breath. And just that act alone, like people wonder, why do people get addicted to cigarettes? What is it about cigarettes? Really, the motion of smoking a cigarette is you're taking deep breaths in and out. You stand there, you stop, and you just inhale and exhale. So imagine that feeling that, You give yourself 10 seconds, take a nice deep breath in and then out. Or after work, before you get in your car, just stop for a second and a minute, two minutes, breathe in and out.
0: I'm thinking when I'm stuck in traffic, everyone's a nightmare, which for a lot of people is one of the most stressful parts of their day. Mm Mm-hmm. I always try to find, like, a book on tape, something I'll enjoy listening to. I used to, when I was really stressed, I'd listen to different meditations during the ride home to kind of calm me down. Obviously not fall asleep behind the wheel, (laughs) but, like, just things that would have me feel happy in that moment and not irritated and frustrated with Mm -hmm. what's going on but something that would work for me Mm -hmm. and I would almost suggest that to the listeners try something that you enjoy if you can in the car if that's something that's stressful for you or any other time in your life that would be a kind of a trick to use for yourself find something to calm yourself down I know for some people if you're located in the San Francisco Bay Area there are a lot of locations that do mindfulness practice yes And I have been wanting to try to go to one myself, but I've had a lot of friends, family, and clients even that have attended. And what usually happens, you go to an hour session and you are just meditating. Yeah. For some people, this could be similar to going to
1: church Mm -hmm. or
0: doing something of just sitting in a grassy field and not doing a damn thing. Yeah.
1: Or just, I mean, you know, sometimes it's just as simple as like watch some junk TV Watch like a show that gives you no no need to think. Not like a law and order, not something real dramatical. Like go back to an old friends episode or you know, something that you can just sit and kinda actually just veg out on a little bit, which we don't do anymore. You don't hear people talking about I'm vegging out on the couch anymore. Like that's just not a term. So just what can you do that just allows you not to have to think for a little bit? even if you know if you do live in the bay area you know take public transportation if you can that's a good de stress i used to have to drive up the 101 every day and i was going absolutely crazy so like, this is madness so for those of you that aren't familiar
0: <laughs> with highway 101 it is a nightmare.
1: <laughs> nightmare is, yeah, indeed. Google it. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a lot of traffic. And I think just after a stressful work day, trying to get everything done, and then you're trying to get out on time so you don't get caught in that rush hour, and then there's rush hour, and there's bad people driving. And if you look, like I look around sometimes, when I'm in traffic, and everybody's head is down checking their phone. Like you can't even, we can't even move five feet and you not be on your phone. My favorite is I've
0: seen people on their computers.
1: Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> Let me merge over another lane.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's again, going back to that, always on, always yes. got to do something, always, you know, make use of the time. And when do people just stop and yeah. be over and over saying the same thing, but it's so true. What can you really do in your own life to Start incorporating ways that you can slow down and
1: really just be in the moment. Yes, very much so. And at the end of the day, if you take nothing else away from this whole podcast you've listened to, is allow yourself to care about yourself enough for five minutes. Say you deserve five minutes to really focus on yourself, to take deep breaths, to read a book, to just do an activity that feels good for you. Even if it's just you sit in the bathroom five minutes longer on your iPad, Before the kids get in, before you have to make dinner, tell yourself, give yourself permission to just spend five minutes for you. And every day, maybe add a minute if you can. Make it six minutes eventually. Maybe make it the last 10 minutes before you go to bed that you just kind of lay there and, like, reflect on your day. Don't make a list. Don't check your email. Don't check Facebook. Just lay there and think about the day and breathe in and breathe out. And if you do that, sometimes you can even have better sleep, and then your whole day starts out different.
0: And it comes across to other people, too, when you are radiating that yes. I am not as stressed. I mean, I I know a difference when I'm really stressed in myself and when I'm not, and I can see the different reactions I get from people in my life, too. I'm thinking, too, as you just shared that, a lot of people have to take care of others. Yes. And Yes. The best way to take care of them is taking care of yourself because how are you expected to help others if you can't even take care of yourself? Right. If you have an elderly parent that you're Mm -hmm. taking care of, you have children, you have a disabled husband, wife, Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be, it's important you remember that you need to take care of
1: yourself too. Absolutely. I mean, if you go back to the very beginning, this car metaphor, right? We get our car oil changes because after so many miles, it just kind of needs a little tune-up. So if you think about your stress-relaxing kind of or your stress-negating kind of things. it's your little tune-up. Okay, I need an oil change. Let me stop for a little bit and kind of, you know, regas. Let me switch from the regular gas to the premium. Okay, now at the time I need my big service, right? It's my, you know, 45,000-mile service. I need to get the big tune-up. Let me change the belts. So what can you do to kind of along the way take care of yourself? Because we are a living organism. We are the only one we have. And so if you can't really give yourself the time, you're only going to be so productive to anybody else. And all those have-to, have-to, have-tos, your productivity at them is going to start decreasing. You may think you're at 100, but you're probably at 90. And then you start going down to 80% because you just yeah. don't have the juice to keep pushing forward.
0: I just found this topic so incredibly important to address given that I've seen more people in my office and just every day that are becoming so much more depressed and yeah. anxious developing all these different medical concerns, you name it across the board, all these sad things that are Mm -hmm. happening to people. And I really hope people take the time to slow down and just take that time for themselves more than anything. Anything that you would end on that listeners should take away from in regard to stress? Or take away with in regard to stress.
1: You know, I would say just remember stress isn't actually a real emotion. Stress is almost a state we put ourselves in just based on the pressures and the demands we have. So when you think about how do you feel, actually think about how are you feeling? Because stress is not a feeling. Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling insecure? Are you feeling sad? What's really going on for you underneath that? And when you can start like figuring that out then you can start realizing, okay, I don't need to put this much pressure on myself for whatever reason. And it's not like this one-time Band-Aid fix. It's something you have to kind of keep working on. And so try different things. Mm -hmm. See kind of what feels like a good fit. So you can really realize what it's like to live a life where you're not stressed out all the time. Yes. And you have that kind of inner peace of mind.
0: I know a good book that I've read was why zebras don't get ulcers it's a good book in regard to stress
1: I've I've enjoyed some of Deepak Chopra's kind of stuff I went him and Oprah did a whole tour a couple months ago I went to and I just enjoy that conceptual stuff I have a blog that I do the mentalhealthchat.com that you can try to have these kind of conversations about really basic things about how do you manage different mental health states and stress is one that I think will probably come up often Um, especially as our seasons change and different things happen (laughs) for listeners how can they best reach you so really just the blog is the best way so if you go to www.thementalhealthchat.com you can follow along have some conversations i'd love to hear from you
0: definitely take a look at that guys and thank you so much for joining me today this is going to be a constantly changing topic i just know Mm -hmm. it and With more technologies that are coming out there and different generations coming up with, gosh, how do I even say it? But just different life experiences than what used to be. Stress is going to be changing in so many ways for people. More than anything, find ways that you can learn, you as in the listeners, Mm -hmm. learn as to what can work for you so you're not so stressful and you can enjoy life. Yes, please. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And for everyone listening, if you want to learn more about stress or any other mental and sexual health topics, take a look at my website at www.rissocounseling.com. But come on, let's start having those conversations around mental and sexual health. So let's do it. Want more? Visit www.rissocounseling.com for more ideas on mental health, sex, and relationships.